Welcome to Adult Papers, the podcast for grown-ups. I'm your host, Violet Augustine. I'm going to share sometimes magical, sometimes terrifying, often strange, occasionally funny, and somewhere uncomfortably between hyper-real and surreal stories with you. So I wrote this episode on November 4th, um, the day after Election Day, and November 6th. Um, I'm recording it on November 7th, and then I'm going to go ahead and publish it tonight as well. Because um, this, this episode goes with the last episode about my... Um, about the social transition for my transgender child. I don't know what to say or where to start today. Yesterday was election day. We still don't have results, which I didn't expect we would, and I expected today to be hard for that reason. But the other reason that today was hard was not something I expected. I'm on day 22 of sobriety. My dad is a point of contention, my job, the pandemic. These are things I expected to give me a hard time today. My four-year-old being suspended from school was not one of the things I expected. My transgender child's social transition, which apparently included suspension, though in hindsight, you can totally see this coming. You'd think that if 2020 has taught me anything, it would be to expect anything and everything to come up. Expect that something you took for granted is definitely going to be the thing this year that you cannot take for granted. The shoe that's going to drop. I mean, let's be real. My child has been having issues at school for a while now. They used to be such a happy child. I can look back at the pictures and I'd never seen as pure of a happiness as this child. The world hadn't yet touched her and all that remained in her eyes was the wonder she felt at being alive. The clouds didn't start to register in her gaze until her dad and I separated, though I think the clouds would have eventually registered at some point considering that she is transgender. Though to counterpoint my counterpoint, I think the clouds would be less severe had I been prepared for this. Had I known how to respond, how to affirm from the very beginning. The clouds got so dark lately, I believe, because my complete ignorance to the situation caused the cognitive dissonance to build. And since she was home alone with me for about six months, just the two of us, I really have to ask myself, is this all my fault? Are the dark clouds, the self-hate, the want to self-harm, is it my fucking fault? I mean, if my kid is trans, which she is, there was no one to invalidate her for six months, except me. Now, if my ex is listening to this, I'm sure he's clinking his glass right now, jumping at every possibility to relinquish any responsibility whatsoever. Well, it wasn't me invalidating. They have rarely ever corrected me misgendering. Yes, this is a thing they actually text me. Correct you are, because you are rarely in their life. So go ahead. You can relinquish responsibility for misgendering here because let's be real. You've relinquished responsibility for pretty much everything. 
So anyway, I mean, when they first corrected me, I think I said this before. I was surprised, shocked, unsure how to respond, but carefully, calculatedly replied in the affirmative, awesome, you're a girl, something like that. But because my actions went unexamined after that point, and I didn't start doing my research until recently, I was actually still invalidating her with my behaviors. The fact that I kept calling her a boy instead of a girl for years. Apparently, I was doing what is called gender-creative parenting, where I wasn't trying to reinforce gender stereotypes. My child prefers dresses and skirts and so wears dresses and skirts. But at first, it was only at home. I just didn't know how to approach this in the world. I figured a boy going to preschool in a dress would do more harm than good. But I was wrong. What did the most harm, in hindsight, was not affirming her, was not calling her a girl was not having that conversation with teachers right away. I am trying to forgive myself because the rule is consistent, insistent, persistent. Consistently self-identifying with one gender, in their case feminine, check. Insistently correcting people when they misgender her, in her case calling her a boy, check. Persistent over time, check. Because it would have and did take me some time to take this seriously, to make sure it wasn't just a game of pretend and was, in fact, self-identification. I think it's safe to say they have been persistent since she will be five next week and she's been correcting me since, I can say in hindsight, since as soon as she learned what boy and girl meant. Now, that is where the gray area comes aboard, right? The world is generally wrong about the binaries. Girls do say look like X and boys do say and look like Y. I'm not talking about sex chromosomes here. Those are just the letters I go to when I'm making an argument. And wow, the extra layer of meaning here is accidental. I fucking love writing. The world is wrong about gender stereotypes. The world is wrong about the binaries. And that used to be my argument. It still is when I'm having a conversation with a person who can accept and understand subtleties, gray areas, have philosophical conversations, and understand the difference between theory and practice. In theory, I thought I'd be able to have the conversation with my child. Baby, just because you like to wear dresses doesn't mean you're a girl. You are who you are. Fuck the world that says boys can't wear dresses. I actually tried to have that combo with my kid. And looking back, did that combo do more harm than good in the end? In practice, my now five-year-old is developing her identity right now, as we speak by the millisecond. And as a person whose sense of identity was totally fucked at this age, interesting choice of word. And how was my identity fucked, you might ask? Oh, that's funny. LOL. Another episode. And on that note, want some exclusive adult content on adult papers? Join me on Patreon. I'm running a special offer through the end of 2020. Every new patron gets a custom adult paper sticker shipped right to your door. I have two tiers. For $5 a month, you get an exclusive adult content episode every month that I don't feel comfortable publishing to the general public. And for the actual adult, you get the same benefit, but you pay $50 for it. It's the actual adult tier because you basically just help me pay for a babysitter. I'm exaggerating, of course, because after three months at that tier, you get a custom adult papers tea. But other than the tea, it's just some actual adult shit. Paying for benefits that non-adults take for granted. Like silence. Anyways, 
I know the ramifications of what can happen if one's sense of self and identity gets warped early. I fucking know what they are. And they're terrifying. And I've already started to see some of the air quote fruits of her identity development. The asking for the scissors in the bath. The telling me she hates herself because she's a boy who's actually a girl. And last night, she said she wanted to get runned over by a train. When I calmly asked why she'd say something like that, she said, I'm a die girl, girls who like to die. So my child's sense of identity at this point includes the fact that she wants to die. And I've seen the statistics on suicide in children. It is the third leading cause of death after accidents and cancer. And I think that's 2018 data. That's not even pandemic world data. And in Texas, the statistics are worse than the national average, if I remember correctly, about one kid a day. It's disturbing as fuck, but kids as young as five are killing themselves in Texas and everywhere at a rate of about one a week, last I read. That is a very real fucking number. So in practice, my five-year-old has been self-identifying as a girl for years trying to have a theoretical conversation with her about how the world's concept of gender is fucked didn't go. In fact, it might have contributed to their sense of cognitive dissonance and subsequent thoughts of self-harm. So now, in practice, regardless of the world's fucked concept of binaries, my job is to affirm my child's self-identification. To make sure my child doesn't become one of those disturbing statistics. I knew I was a girl at five. I'm sure you knew your gender at five, regardless if that gender matched your anatomy. I think I said this in a previous episode. I was salty that what the world told me I should be as a girl wasn't what I wanted to be. But I knew I was a girl. And also, that has changed at times. Sometimes I feel more non-binary as fuck. Gender fluid and gender queer, which is also true. And also, what fucking harm is in that? None at all. My job is to affirm my child and make sure that she develops a healthy sense of self. Period. Bottom line. Regardless of my own theoretical arguments about gender, regardless of the world's dangerous reactions to my child, that is something we are unfortunately going to have to inevitably navigate. Ooh, that's too many adverbs, right? Is that what those were? Inevitably and unfortunately. Or are they like some type of adjective? Inevitable. Evitable. Can you be evitable? That would make it a verb, right? Can you be evitable? So no, that's not a verb. That's an adjective, right? Because something is evitable. It Something is inevitable. So if something is inevitable, it would be an adjective. Fucking shit. Yeah, I don't know my fucking grammar. Okay. All I know is it was too many of them. Anyway, so beyond my job of validating my child and fostering a healthy sense of self, my job is to teach her to be resilient, to teach her how to cope with the world. Those are my three main jobs, healthy sense of self, resilience, and coping mechanisms. And by the way, that is every parent's job, not to make sure that they have the most money or the best clothes or live in a rich suburban school district. Nope. The research is out, my friends. My job as a parent is to teach my child to love herself, to have resilience in the face of realities of life, 
and how to cope when things don't go her way. I am doing my fucking best here. And it is hard. I make this joke, but there is truth to it, whether or not you are an astrology denier or not. My child is a triple Scorpio. Scorpio sun, moon, and Mercury. So my child is stubborn, emotional, and passionate in her identity, her emotions, and her communication. So yes, it's been a task teaching her to be resilient and to teach her to cope. She's a Gemini rising like me, so she also needs lots of mental stimulation or else she gets bored. Looks like my work is cut out for me as fuck, huh? Yeah, totally is. Are the behavior issues at school due to being fucking bored and having a vocabulary that is probably closer to a grad student than to a preschooler? Is that why she got suspended? Or is it because no one around her is affirming her identity and so she trusts no one and is like, fuck all of you, you don't respect me, so I'm not respecting you back? Or is it because she was home alone with me for seven months and became spoiled as fuck and doesn't remember how to behave in social settings? All of the above, probably. All of the above. So yeah, this is the boat I'm in. And how the fuck do I deal with this? And I guess if I had thought about it, I would have known that this is why I'd be in my feels today. I'd have expected it. I suppose now the question is, what do I do about it? I am beginning the social transition process for my child. I'm having conversations with friends and family. I am disseminating literature to them, educating them, appealing to them to get on the boat with me or else watch us sail away. Because I won't subject my child to non-affirming anyone. We get to choose. And family, we get to choose. I know that sounds counterintuitive to some people, but our blood relatives are not her teachers. They are not her peers, not people she has to see every day. So given that, they are not people she has to ever see. Now her teachers, her peers, these are people that matter in her development. She spends 80% of her waking hours with these people. Or is it closer to 90? But the outcome is the same. If they are unwilling to be affirming, I will start looking for a school that is affirming. And that is what I'm doing now. She hasn't got a chance to choose her clothes in her five years of life because neither have I. They have lived for years wearing the clothes that my family has given us on birthdays and holidays, and I took that as a huge blessing because it was an expense I didn't yet have to worry about. But this year, my dad gave us a gift card to go clothes shopping, so this year I am letting her choose her clothes. It remains to be seen, but I'm willing to bet she will be buying the sparkliest, most glittery, fluffiest, pinkest clothes said store has to offer, which I suppose will help the social transition, and if it will hurt the situation at the current school, we will find a new school, where the kids will only ever know her as a she. Now, I wish I could just get her to choose a better name than Wendy. No offense to any Wendy's out there. Although I think she might have chosen Wendy because the little girl with the pigtails on the Wendy's logo, the fast food place, and that is kind of hilarious and kind of American, just like the whole idea that she'd be stuck picking one gender over the fucking other, but that's besides the point. And also, I need to add, we've gone shopping and the results are in pink, metallic, leopard, flowery, sparkly, unicorns, and skirts. Y'all need to see my kid. They are a really good fucking dresser. When I let her go and choose her own outfits, they are like editorial quality. Weird as fuck, 
like most editorials, but just like, like when you have an amazing dish and you can't name the ingredients, but you know that together they're just magic. That's how my kid dresses. Oh, yeah. Uh, And they kind of did get kicked out of school. I mean, technically, they didn't because liability and their corporate made sure to carefully word everything so that whatever happened would be my decision and blah, 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 blah. But they told me that all they could do was limit the use of pronouns and use their legal name instead of the pronouns. Even after I said that they, them was acceptable and please use the shorter version of my child's name, which is gender neutral. I wanted to see how things would go because they'd had an actual good day at school that day, first day after the conversation, and I was hopeful. But also because I hadn't yet found my child a new school. I wasn't comfortable just saying bye, they won't be back next week before I'd found a viable alternative. But as soon as I asked hypothetically would I get my tuition refunded, they basically were like, bye Felicia, and sent an email to corporate asking for my check to get cut. And that is where we are today. My child has no school to go to next week. But I still have a job I'm expected to be at so I can pay the school they should be at. And now the fees associated with enrolling in a new school on top of that. 2020, you scoundrel. And as soon as I call 2020 a scoundrel, I get a phone call from the school. What exactly is going on here? Is the knowledge that my child is different from other students influencing the ability to adapt to a four-year-old's misbehavior? Is it that my child is really behaving that bad? Is it that 2020 has it out for me? Or is life just preparing me for something wildly, insanely, unimaginably better? Yeah, that's the one. You joker, you 2020, tearing my life apart at almost every fucking seam, but with the hidden purpose of giving me a foundation for a new, better fucking life.